Welcome back to another episode of Tough Men of Faith. RT couldn't be with us today, so you get me, Nick Robertson, and I have a special guest with us today, uh, Daryl Whitney. Daryl, hello. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. This is going to be fun. So you're sitting in RT's chair, and I was going to sit there today, but I didn't want to. Well, I feel like he always, I feel like he says stupid stuff in that chair, and I think it's the chair. So that's why I chose to sit in my seat. Oh, well, I should feel right at home. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Daryl, tell us something about yourself. Uh, What do you do? Uh, Well, uh, Daryl Whitney's my name. Uh, I'm married. Yeah. I have a wife named Kathy Whitney. She's awesome. Uh, I know that. Thank you. We've been married for 26 years, dated probably five years before. So Nice. We've been together for 31, and I'm 48, so. That's awesome. More than half my life we've been together, so that's And you were young, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, high school sweethearts. You got a bunch of kids too, don't you? Uh, yeah, a bunch. I got three kids. Oh, mess of them. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a bunch. Yeah. Uh, I've got three kids. I've got a daughter, Rebecca. Nice. She's 24 years old. I've got okay. a son, Jacob, 20 years old, and a son, Joshua's 15 years old. Yeah. Joshua's a golf player, right? Yeah, Joshua's a golf player. Yeah. He's uh, a first year golfer. Yeah. He uh, played for the school this year. He did real well. It's funny. His. Uh... His handicap is better than mine. His average is better than mine. Oh, is that right? And he rubs it in every time we talk. He's like, oh, yeah, we should get together and go golf sometime. I've been playing for, you know, I don't know, six or seven years on and off a little bit. And the kid's already better than me. So I don't even want to go play with him now. Uh, he is 15, though. He's a chump. You can take him. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we I kind of was thinking a little bit this week about how we've, like you and I, kind of blue collar. Mm-hmm. You drive a truck for a living, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm in the drywall business, construction, but I mean it's just it's kind of the same thing with both of us. Both it's all construction, but kind of blue collar, and it seems like we both I don't know how to word it, but like we're almost called to teach without being called to teach, or we find ourselves in teaching positions in life. I've attended a few classes that you've put on, and I've seen you a couple of Sunday night or Sunday mornings, you know, giving a sermon on stage, and uh, I just, I really thought this would be a fun interview because it seems like you and I have both been kind of called to teach with no formal teacher training. Right. Like, we just wing it. (laughs) Right, right. You know, and uh, just the, also like the huge responsibility that that comes with. You know, in James uh, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. And um, I think about that a lot whenever I'm teaching somebody something. So thinking about that, and I've attended some of your classes and stuff, how did you know you wanted to teach, or did you just get kind of thrown into it and just winged it too? Uh, It's hard to explain. I mean, I definitely think it's completely a God thing because I'm not the type of person that likes to talk in front of people like public speaking. Yeah. Uh, In fact, I hate it. But the only time that I even like to talk in front of people or talk to a crowd of people or a group is about Jesus and about God. And not that I know everything about God or Jesus. I certainly don't. But I I am passionate to want to share what I do know about Jesus. So, yeah, I mean, I feel comfortable when I preach, when I teach, because I I just love to talk about Jesus. And I love to, to share with everybody I can, you know, what he's done in my life. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not, like you mentioned, I'm not being professionally trained in anything. Right. Other than just being the great dude that I am. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, but that's that's exactly what I was thinking is I haven't been trained to teach. Right. But I, I find that when we teach about something that we're passionate about, it flows a lot easier. Um, mm-hmm. It's easier to speak because I don't like talking in front of people either. And everybody says, you know, picture the crowd's naked or, you know, picture this and to it's... make it more at ease. And I think that just makes it way worse. 
<laughs> I don't want to speak to five people or ten people, much less you know a hundred. But if I find something I'm passionate about, right, it's really easy yeah. to to lead people and to teach them about it. Yeah, um, because I mean, honestly, you're, you're talking about or you're preaching about something that you love, so you don't even think in your mind that you're preaching, right? Or you don't put that pressure on yourself that oh, I've got to teach to the sense that they've got to learn this or learn that. Uh, you're just at that point, it's coming natural because you are talking about somebody or somebody. In this case, Jesus is yeah. somebody that we love. Right. Yeah, exactly. He's somebody who we, we want to get to know more. And yeah. that's what I've learned, too, is that the more I get to know Jesus, the more I love Jesus and everything that he's done for me. Yeah. And therefore, I do want to share what I can. Right. Yeah, you and I were talking about this uh, a little bit ago before producer Blake got here. And it's like, you know, we both work in construction. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, when I think about that every day, sometimes, or I found myself in the past to be a different person at work than I am at home or at church, and uh, I'm trying to fix that about myself. I don't right. want people to think that I'm a hypocrite because I do this podcast and that I try and teach people and because of who I was yesterday at work or something. You know, right. I don't want people to look at me and say, uh, yeah, I don't know if I, I believe all that. You know, just I, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I don't want to. I don't want to be something. I don't want to portray that I'm something that I'm not. Yeah, so I, I feel you with that because I mean I, I've dealt with that for the longest time yeah. too. And it's hard. It's hard being in like the construction world and right. not falling into what everybody around us is into. I feel like we find less Christians on the job site than we do anywhere else or, yeah. you know, in a lot of other places. And, you know, people with their phones and pictures and TikToks and, you know, videos. And I mean, it's just people are always, there's always a train to go in the other direction, it yeah. seems like. And uh, I find it more so at work that there's always a train ready to take you in the wrong direction. Yeah, and certainly. Just trying to be better, you know, better for, better for me and better for, you know, just everybody, really. Yeah. yeah. For me, the older I get, uh, the less I care about what people think. Yeah. Uh, not to sound rude or anything, but when I was, a, even when I was a kid, you know, teenager year, I didn't really have to deal with peer pressure so much because I just kind of had a, an attitude that I just didn't care right. too much. But the older I get, especially the deeper I'm growing in my faith, I don't really care about what people think about me in the sense that, you know, if they're going to think that I'm holier than thou or righteous or, yeah. you know, whatever type of name they want to tag me whatever you know that's fine yeah I mean, it doesn't affect me the way that they think it does well and the other part the other way that we look at it too is the things that we're working for and what things we're working towards aren't necessarily here on earth right um, it's, it's in our afterlife you know i'm not really worried about pleasing or you know putting on an act or a front for all these people over here to see because it's not the people that i'm trying to impress so, exactly you know right and it just carries a lot of weight just uh yeah again not to sound rude they're not worthy to be for me to right. put up a front to show them to please them in any kind of way. Yeah. Well, and it kind of goes back to something we talked about in the past, too, is not to judge non-Christians based on Christian values. Sure. But also with that, don't let non-Christians judge you as a Christian yep. based off of non-Christian values. You that's know, right. Who cares what you think? <laughs> and, and that's something I talk about with my coworkers a lot. Yeah. Uh, I tell them that as Christians, we are called to be holy. Holy, right. a lot of people think means perfect, means uh, super spiritual, super right. Holy simply means to be set apart. Yeah. So as Christians, we are set apart. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if we're not. We're supposed to be Christ-like. You know, right. I'm trying Which to pursue is, that. I'm not saying that I am Christ or Christ-like, but I'm trying to be better than I was yesterday. Sure. Um, and if we're not different than the world, then there's a problem. Yeah. Because as <laughs> yeah. Christians, we need to be different. Yeah, then what are we portraying? <laughs> right. 
right. Yeah. I was looking at uh, Luke 640 uh, earlier. It says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. And I really tried to dive into it a little bit. RT said a few weeks ago when we were doing a podcast about something, and I don't even remember now, that he hopes that when he's gone, people still look back and say... RT taught me that or, you know, and same thing here and same thing I'm sure with you too. Nick taught me that. Daryl taught me that. I remember Daryl said this. Daryl pushed me in this direction. You know, I I think that a lot of people as teachers have that hope that one day people will look back and say, that person had this influence on my life and, you know, they kind of pushed me in this right direction. Right. So anyway, I was thinking my favorite holiday is coming up. <laughs> it's uh, July 4th. Yeah. It, uh, depending on which side of the big lake you're on, it's either Independence Day or it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, Treason Day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but a long time ago, not a long time ago, about eight or ten years ago, I used to have a fireworks display company. Mm-hmm. And I just did professional fireworks shows for different events, you know, baseball games and football games. And, um, you know, we worked like inside Lucas Oil and Conseco Fieldhouse. And nice. It gave me an opportunity to teach so many people about different things and keeping people safe. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And that's kind of what I was, you know, kind of thinking about earlier when we were talking. It's just when you find something you're passionate about and you can, you know, immerse yourself, completely immerse yourself in it. Right. You can teach people, you know, like, for instance, I was teaching people how to be safe, how not to get other people hurt, you know, how not to get hurt, how to how to wire things and how to make, you know, different devices and use computer systems. And, you know, it just, there was so much stuff there. Um, the cool part was I got to teach people of authority things that they didn't know. Um, right. You know, like, you know, we had to like pull a permit, you know, for a firework. These fire departments are coming out and some of these guys have no clue what they're doing. They, they're signing a piece of paper that says, you know, fire chief, and it's just got a line for him to do it. And I'm actually breaking it down for him and explaining it because no, I think nobody ever has, you know. And right. We're teaching these guys, and I just, it just really got me to thinking about how much influence I had over those people at that point in my life and what I was teaching them. And, you know, teachers have a, uh, teachers will be judged on what they taught mm-hmm. and how they taught it and what that impact was on their students. And, uh, you know, did we teach people the right things that led them to go out and be able to teach people other people the right things? Or did we teach people the wrong things or something that was wrong and it led them to teach other people, uh, right. you know, wrong as well? And uh, it really puts a lot, of, a lot of weight on the teacher's shoulders to make sure that they're doing it the right way. Sure. And I was thinking about that, and I know it, it's fireworks. It, you know, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but it does. Because there's a lot of situations, you know, where you can get people hurt or, right. you know, you can teach people something wrong that could potentially cause them to go or things to go awry later on. Yeah. So it got me thinking this week. Me and Rachel were out in the garage. So, okay, backstory. <laughs> we moved to a new house. The new neighbors don't know anything about Nick and the fireworks yet, <laughs> but they're going to find out. Right. So Nick and Rachel are out in the garage this week, and I have to weld some things together. Mm-hmm. Rachel doesn't know that I can weld. <laughs> and I don't weld like pretty, but I can weld stuff to hold, you know. Mm-hmm. She comes out there, puts on a welding helmet, and stands there and watches me, <laughs> which is the weirdest thing. Because <laughs> normally she doesn't come out in the garage. And if she does, she's in and out. You know, it's not to hang out. And she's hanging out with me, and she watches me weld. And she, like, looks at me and all and says, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, so now I'm hyping myself up. You know, I'm talking. I'm like, yeah, I can do this a little bit. It's not pretty, but I can do it. Right. And uh, I was thinking, if she never goes out and Googles this, I can lie to her and tell her that I'm a pretty good welder. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's the funny part of my story. Yeah, it, I love what you said earlier, though, about 
how we are teachers are set to a, not a, I don't know how I want to put it, a standard. Yeah, I think a higher standard. I think yeah. we're held to a higher standard. Right. Oh. And uh, I, in order for us to do that, I think we must remain teachable ourselves because you had mentioned how, you know, we never get to the point where we become the master, especially in Christianity. Yeah. We're always learners. We're seekers ourselves. Yeah. And so if we don't remain teachable ourselves, then when we come to that crossroads and we get to answers that we don't have answers for, yeah. who are we looking to? I mean, right. are we looking within ourselves? That's we shouldn't. Right. We should constantly be looking to Jesus. Yeah. We should constantly be reading and studying and digging through scripture the way we need to, to learn. Yeah. So yeah, a teacher. Yeah. I mean, I think of myself when I come in, you know, especially like in Sunday school morning setting, you know, I'm, a, I'm the teacher, I'm supposed to present the lesson. I'm supposed to do this or that, but Throughout the week, I am an avid student. I'm learning right. constantly and studying because I don't know enough to teach <laughs> unless yeah. if I learn myself. Right. Well, I, I think all good teachers are constantly learning. Yeah. I mean, you know, the world's constantly, the world is constantly changing, but, you know, we have to, we have to keep filling ourselves with knowledge to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, to share it with others. And, you know, it just, it just makes me weary a little bit, but, you know, just be careful what you're teaching. Make sure you know what you're teaching and that it's right. And, yep. and if you're being led, make sure to vet, you know, the people that are leading you. Right. But, you know, like. When I thought about you and coming in to do the podcast, I was like, teacher. You know, it's just the one thing that just kind of, that was the word that I thought of when I thought about Daryl coming in to hang out with me for a little <laughs> bit, you know, as teacher. Um, yeah, most people think stud, but that's hard. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that about you, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It just, it got me thinking about it a lot. I just make sure that we're teaching the right way because I, I think we always have people watching us. We're always teaching people whether we realize it or not. And Make sure that we're teaching those people the right way. You know, we have kids that are always watching, yeah. you know, what the older people are doing. And, uh, you know, we have employees and coworkers and everybody, everybody watches everybody. And people love to people watch. Oh, um, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. you know, who are you and what are you portraying yeah. for those people to see? Yeah. I mean, I think for myself, the most important lessons that I've, quote, taught throughout my lifetime has not been in a classroom setting, but it's been in, within the confines of my own home. Yeah, absolutely. With my children. You yeah. Know, uh, I don't think every day is a teaching moment, but like you said, they're watching. They're constantly looking and yeah. seeing what I'm doing, how I'm talking, how I'm acting, how I'm treating my wife, Kathy, as compared to how I say that right. I should do things. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I that's, mean, that's another thing, too, is it's like, you know, we don't have kids, um, but a lot of our friends have kids. Mm-hmm. And how am I treating my wife? And what are those kids picking up from that? What are they seeing? Because, you know, one day they're going to be dating and they're going to, I want them to have a positive, a role model almost, or a positive Mm -hmm. outlook or, you know, something that they want to see, Um, you know, their spouse or whoever they're dating. I want, you know, I want them to be, I want those people to be wanted to be treated right by their spouse because of what they've seen in other people's relationships. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just huge. And, uh. This has been awesome. I'm glad you came in today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, we do something whenever we have guests on. Okay. Kind of a speed questions thing. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Okay. But I don't know. If you got a minute, who would play you in a movie? Yeah, that, that's always fun because it uh, like feels the like the typical answer is like The Rock yeah. or Stone Cold. Or, you know, I'm bald, so. <laughs> I like Stone Cold. I typically think of that, but yeah. if I was to be honest, I probably would be more like a... Danny DeVito or somebody. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not big and bulky like The Rock. I definitely don't have a physique as hey, any like of them guys. This so. is a podcast. You can embellish. We're not on TV. I, I could, but that, yeah. Yeah. I would say Danny DeVito. I'm Danny sure. Danny DeVito. All right. I like I'm it. kind of plump. So, yeah. DeVito. 
<laughs> Short and plump. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's a favorite book that you'd recommend? Not the Bible. Uh, probably my, my all-time favorite book I think I read is titled Point Man. Okay. The author is Steve Farrar. Okay. Uh, he's probably, he may be my favorite author. I've probably read four or five of his books. Nice. Uh, so, and it's an older book. It was written back in 1990. Okay. But that's not that old, you know? Well, it's 30. It is about 30 years old. Yeah, 32. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I love the, it. It's a book for man. Okay. But it's, it's an awesome book. I recommend any man to read Point Man. Point Man. Yeah. Okay. Favorite person in the Bible, not Jesus. I, I like Joseph from the Old Testament. Okay. I agree. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think the Bible actually, it, it gives like 12 chapters, I believe, like Genesis 38 through 50. Yeah. Talking about his life. And I don't know if there's any negative things spoken about Joseph. Yeah. Not to say that he was perfect. He right. wasn't perfect, but just a tremendous, tremendous person to look at, study. And yeah. Some of the things he went through, I mean, we can relate, not that, you know, we've been thrown in prison wrongfully or things like that, Yeah. but some of the temptations he had, some of the things that he dealt with, Yeah. Uh, family issues, just, I mean, it's just very relatable, I think. I yeah. love the story of Joseph. Nice. All right. Final question. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? No. <laughs> I love, I love Die Hard. I absolutely love it, but no. <laughs> That's I, okay to be wrong, Daryl. Thanks for joining us. I know. Us yeah. <laughs> Sorry. This has been great. <laughs> Uh, everybody, thanks for uh, joining us today for Tough Men of Faith and having Daryl Whitney here with us. Um, this has been great. You know, we look forward to having our tea back with us, but man, it sure is nice to see somebody else sitting across the <laughs> table from me. We will be back uh, next week and our tea will be back with us. And that's all we got for today. Thanks. Thanks for having me in.